0: So sometimes, uh, I guess normally we usually just pick one show to kind of go take a gander at. but every once in a while we double them up. We've been doing that more recently of just things that connect together. So last week it was My Favorite Martian and Out of This World that were just two sitcoms about, uh, you know, having an alien in the family (laughs) of various quality. Turns out My Favorite Martian wasn't that bad and Out of This World, not so so good, unless you're eight years old (laughs) in, in the 80s. So uh, we thought this week we would maybe switch over to the kind of more well-remembered versions with ALF and Third Rock from the Sun, but I found so much crap about ALF that I think we should split them up. So we'll just do ALF this week, and then next week, Third Rock from the Sun. Because with ALF, I thought, uh, you know, we could just do the first episode and the last episode, and there was an ALF cartoon, but uh, last week we did the My Favorite Martians cartoon spinoff.
1: Oh, and it was pretty pathetic.
0: Yeah, and I just thought maybe the Alf one would be interesting because I remember I had like Alf trading cards and stuff, and as a kid, about the cartoons about his home planet before it blows up. And the only thing I remember, which I didn't even get this joke as a kid, they don't play normal baseball. They play booyah baseball, which.
1: And, oh, yeah, like booyah, booyah base, like the food. <laughs>
0: right, I guess, which again. I, I still to this day barely know what that is I certainly didn't know what that was as a kid so it's a very strange turn of phrase it sounds like on, they
1: were just coming up with some corny use of words
0: yeah it's really not clever right and all it was was baseball with a fish instead of a ball just nonsense but there was the booyah baseball league all this crap that I thought was neat when I was a, a tiny child but is just you know nowadays I'm like I don't know But I thought I'd throw in one of the cartoons, but just as a test, I just threw on the first episode, and it was the same as with My Favorite Martians, the cartoon, where within five minutes I wasn't focusing anymore. So I'm like, that's okay, never mind the cartoon. We'll just do the the show. But also I wanted to kind of jettison the cartoon because the show of ALF ends on a cliffhanger, and they intended for there to be another season that never got made. So in, like, 1996... I guess I vaguely knew this existed, but it's like a TV movie about Alf and what happened to him after he got captured by the government, but it doesn't have any of the original cast besides Alf. The whole family is not in it, and we'll kind of get into why as I go through the history of Alf. I think maybe we won't watch the whole thing. You know, we might... uh you
1: see, it made surprises. We've had a few surprises of things that we thought would be utter crap, and they've they've been quite decent
0: yeah i'm just worried i guess because if it if it had the family in it that'd be one thing but alf's got to carry this whole show on his own Mm. and it's a whole Mm. hour and a half of oh yo (laughs) elf (laughs) so yeah we'll see but we might skip ahead a little just to see what alf's ultimate fate is but anyway yeah i didn't really have to look up a ton of details about alf because we all remember alf so i mean it was uh Aired on NBC from 1986 to 1990, four seasons with 102 episodes. And, of course, it's just this family, the Tanner family, who uh, an alien life form crash lands in their backyard, and they take him in, and uh, they have to hide him from the neighbors, and he's always trying to eat their cat. And uh, smart-alecky Alf. I don't know if you got any particular Alf memories.
1: Well, what's nice about Alf is everybody up to this point has been human-looking, so they could hide out in the real world. Right. Mork from Mork and Mindy and my favorite Martian and they all had were human and this is the first time on TV I think that you've seen an actual little alien and there's no question he's a little alien
0: yeah I guess the closest thing is uh the Muppets I mean it wasn't specifically yeah. aliens but they could be aliens I mean he's
1: got, <laughs> there's there's no way he could hide out as a human he's got that great big giant schnoz on him and he's He's, he's only small. He's, oh God, he's only about two feet tall, I think.
0: Yeah, there was a guy. I didn't write it down, but there was a guy. Early on, they sometimes did shots of the full body elf, and they hired this guy who was two foot nine to be in the elf suit. But he, he was too expensive. <laughs> so they stopped doing that.
1: And I think that's what I liked about it the fact that here we had a creature that did not look human, could not hide out in the human world. So they really had to be creative in hiding him.
0: Right. Despite the fact that, yeah, he just comes from a planet where they basically play baseball and his real name is Gordon Shumway. And, like yes, he's that's honestly right.
1: Yeah, weird things like that. His
0: personality and stuff is not at all like an alien. He's just like your smart-alecky uncle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's always, when they tell him to be quiet, he's always, you know, shooting off his mouth. Like, he's hiding in the kitchen and he can't just stay quiet out in the kitchen. No, he's always got to have some remark somewhere so that everybody wonders, where did that come from? Who's that? So then they have to go to more extremes to cover up this guy.
0: And, so. uh, and it's funny, we'll get into this guy too a bit, but the, uh, my main memory of Alf, obviously I remember Alf, but, but what I most remember is Willie Tanner, the, the dad the in the family. Because he always did the thing where he put his, his fingers, at, like his tear ducts, and just, Alf. <laughs> <laughs> like if I had to sum up Alf in one image, it wouldn't be Alf, it would be that guy. <laughs> Doing that.
1: Yes, long suffering, Willie.
0: <laughs> so, the story of Alf, the behind the scenes, this guy Paul Fusco was a puppeteer who invented the Alf puppet and character. And there is a tie in to Jim Henson, where Jim Henson's manager was this guy named Bernie Brilstein, who then became a TV producer. And ironically, uh, Brilstein was approached about doing an Alf show. But he was uninterested because he just didn't think anybody could be as good as Jim Henson. He didn't even care. He's like, I've already managed Jim Henson. He's the greatest. No one will ever top it. But then Fusco did an audition for him as ALF, and he thought it was hilarious. And he's like, I take it back. ALF shows all around. Have an ALF TV show. And uh, yeah, so I guess this is the main thing. None of this came out at the time. This all came out far later. But due to the inherent nature of producing a show featuring hand-operated puppets a la jim henson's the muppet show alf was technically difficult and extremely demanding on its actors like there were three separate people just to run alf there was the main guy but then there was uh someone else to run the other arm and someone off set did all the facial stuff with like a radio controlled thing from from somewhere else so the whole set was filled with these trap doors and stuff because alf had to be able to pop up wherever so the actors had to work around all that stuff and because of all the machinery and stuff it was uh extremely hot all the time so Max Wright the guy who played the dad admitted to being hugely eager to have Alf over with Anne Shedden the mother said that on the last night of taping the final episode there was one take then Max walked off the set went to his dressing room got his bags went to his car and disappeared there were no goodbyes <laughs> he was so fed up with this show he didn't even say goodbye to anyone he just left Uh, Sheeden herself said there was no joy on the set. It was a technical nightmare, extremely slow, hot and tedious. One 30-minute show took 20 to 25 hours to shoot. And while fond of her on-screen children, Sheeden said that some adults had difficult personalities. The whole thing was a big dysfunctional family. Sheeden added, it's astonishing that ALF really was wonderful and that word never got out what a mess our set really was. Andrea Elson, who played the daughter, stated, if Alf had gone one more year, everyone would have lost it. So (laughs) the only one who had nothing bad to say was the little boy, because he was just little. I assume they just uh, shielded him from the politics of the show. He said, ah, it was fun. I got to be on Alf. But everybody else was like, yikes. Well, isn't
1: that interesting? Because the rest of us all sat out in our living rooms watching it, enjoying it immensely, never giving any thought to the complications that would have been involved. And so now when I watch it, I'm going to be looking for those complications.
0: Yeah, well, this is where this kind of ties in into where the guy, Paul Fusco, who created ALF, he was like, ah, oh, they're exaggerating. It wasn't, I mean, it was tough, but it wasn't so bad. But he would say that because uh, we're going to learn what a fucking nutcase this guy was. <laughs> so so uh, he was notoriously secretive about the ALF character. During the show's production, Fusco refused to acknowledge that the puppet ALF was anything other than an alien. All involved with the production were cautioned not to reveal any of Alf's production secrets. So that's one reason why we never, I mean, it kind of worked in a way. We never thought about Alf being a puppet because he made sure. There, It's so rare to find any behind-the-scenes photos. There's never, like, they were never made a here's-how-it-works documentary, which is a shame because that'd be interesting now. He refused to let anybody do that. And there is, on YouTube, you can find, like, outtakes, just, uh, you know, blooper reels and stuff. And everyone comments in the bloopers like, wow, that guy's so dedicated, because if they mess up, Alf always still acts like Alf, even once the scene has been ruined and they're not going to be able to use it. Alf doesn't stop being Alf. He acts like he's an actor, like Alf's an actor on the show reacting to someone flubbing the line, and then he makes another joke or he swears or does something that they would never put on the show, but he always acts like Alf. So these comments on YouTube are like, that's amazing. Alf never breaks character. But if you work on the show... That was maddening because, for again, like these 25-hour-long, just to do one episode, four years of your life, all you're doing is Alf, and this fucking guy <laughs> won't stop being Alf. He won't even acknowledge. It reminds me
1: of those um, ventriloquists, you know, have the big doll or the or the, the uh, Charlie McCarthy type character. And, you know, they they talk to the guy, to the the puppet, as if the puppet is real and the puppet responds and the puppet never seems to come out of character and the puppet makes all these little off-side remarks that you're saying, come on, like, you almost get to the point of thinking, that thing is real.
0: (laughs) At least, though, that's part of the show. Like, what I think makes this so egregious is that he was just doing this to his coworkers when they're not filming, when they're when a, a scene has been blown and they have to start over, he keeps being Alf. He just was Alf for four years. And, like, for whose benefit? Why do that? So that's made me think of, like, uh, famous method actors, like Daniel Day-Lewis was famous for that. Like, he'd show up two weeks before Last of the Mohicans and just be in the woods by himself or whatever. Or, like, uh, in the Suicide Squad movie, Jared Leto famously did that. He he was just was the Joker the whole time, and it just ruined everyone's life. It made everyone hate him. Because it's like, it's just such an obnoxious way. Like, just be an actor, you know? Try to just, why don't you just act? How about that? Instead of just being the guy all the time. But this ALF thing went to such extremes. And I think this helps explain why there's never really been an ALF revival. And they never made much in the way of new ALF. There was like some weird ALF talk show that lasted eight episodes, and was gone. Is uh, Tina Fey said her biggest frustration as producer of NBC's 75th anniversary special, was dealing with alf's quote-unquote people because fusco would only allow alf to appear on the show if the puppeteers were hidden from everyone else so they didn't just roll in like hey we're the alf people and set up their alf stuff they needed to make sure no one else involved in this 75th anniversary like special ever saw them they were hidden the whole time everyone just had to act like alf was alf and then when it was over the alf puppet like went up into the rafters and they snuck him away like I was like under the cover of night and it's like these are all professional actors everyone knows especially like in this age right even pro wrestling admitted decades ago that it's fake and they they moved on from there like let's just admit it's a show and let's just do it like what kind of like what is going on in this guy's head to protect the sanctity of Alf not just from the public but from everyone else in the production that is like no wonder no one wants to deal with this guy no wonder everyone hated him on the set no wonder there's no new alf show if to this day he's still doing this stuff you know like someone's just gotta take this man aside and be like alf is not real (laughs) you know he's a puppet we all know he's a puppet and there's no shame in him being a puppet that's fine
1: Maybe Buddy, who created him, doesn't know.
0: Yeah, well, just.
1: <laughs> Maybe he's living in some world of uh, where he is elf.
0: Well, I was talking to uh, my friend Brad about this because he went down a little elf rabbit hole a couple of years ago and went deeper than I did. Like, actually listened to talks that this Paul Fusco guy has given. And yeah, like, it, it's kind of like this weird case of it. It seems like, you know, this guy had his one big thing because Alf was hugely popular. So it's like, I had this one big thing. If I just cling on to this surely it'll all the stars will align again the time will come for alf to come back and he's got this like ocd idea in his mind that he can't deviate this is what worked the first time this is how we got to do it this time and uh and brad said he specifically like had a quote along the lines of all i had to do was get my one big idea my one great idea and alf was that big idea so I don't I don't need another one. I got Alf, <laughs> you know, which a truly creative person would have had 50 Alf's by now. He would have had a different show. He would have moved on to a different puppet thing. You would have done what Jim Henson did, but not this guy. This guy is Alf till the day he dies. Ride or die with Alf. And there's all these like, oh, this company bought Alf and this company bought Alf and these talks and these talks and they never come to fruition, probably because he's pulling nonsense like this of like no one's allowed to see the puppeteers. Everyone has to talk to Alf like he's a person. It's like, again, it really reminds me of wrestling. Like, imagine how crazy it would be in the modern age to pretend wrestling wasn't fake. That's what this guy's doing in his own little (laughs) world. So, yeah, then uh, the show ended with this cliffhanger because he was promised uh, another series. So Project ALF is a made-for-TV movie that aired on ABC in 1996. It serves as a conclusion to the series Cliffhanger. Though it involves none of the original actors besides Fusco as Alf, and it was not particularly successful. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's a combination of the actors weren't under contract anymore. It would have been difficult to get them all back together, and I think both sides were happier not having to deal with each other. You know, they, you know the the people that played the Tanners were not
1: they didn't want to come go back. back
0: and it sounds like i'm just guessing that the alf guy also probably was tired of button heads with them like we don't need these people i'm alf i'm the star of the show let me just run everything and then no one cared because it really was the well like there's quotes from the guy who played willie tanner max Wright, because he was like a similar to like obi-wan kenobi in uh star wars you know uh alec guinness you know he was mm-hmm. a famous actor he really thought star wars was kind of beneath him similar thing max Wright was like i took this job for the money i'm like a professional actor you know and i'm on this alien puppet show and that would sound like a a conceited thing to say but i kind of think he's right because like i was saying what i remember about that show is him he's the one who sold alf more than alf (laughs) you know just his reactions to alf are really the key to that show alf's funny i mean alf's got some funny one-liners and it's an impressive puppet but but i do think that the guy the fusco dude he just got all his eggs in the ALF basket and the, it was the ensemble and the fact that it was the 1980s that made that work <laughs> none of that's ever going to work ever again and but he's going to keep trying so so anyway yeah we'll watch the the first and last episode of ALF and pop back in at that point to give our ALF thoughts and then as the bonus we'll try out Project ALF see how it goes this is the
1: way it began that extraordinary night the night So is
0: that how it ended? Yeah, so I was just going to say how, uh... I guess to get sort of a taste of what a sitcom's like, it's probably better really to pick just an episode from the middle, right? Because if you pick the start and the end... I don't think I've ever seen the first episode of ALF before, but I didn't need to. You know, it's very clear that, you know, he crash-landed, he lives with this family, they can't tell the neighbors. That's it. That's the whole show, right? So it's almost weird to see the storyline of it actually happening. But that first episode, I mean, I liked it overall, like, as opposed to, say, like, Out of This World, where I liked it as a kid, but watching it now, it's like, wow, I had bad taste as a kid. Where with ALF, I feel kind of different, where it's like, I see why I liked this as a kid. For a kid sitcom, I mean, you can't really do much better than this. It's got a puppet. It's kind of funny. Every once in a while, the jokes are actually good. I got nothing against ALF. But then that final episode was pure plot. Like, if you don't need the first episode of a sitcom, you also don't need the last episode, where it's suddenly got to have a storyline, you
1: know? Yeah, and and usually the last shows are the farewell speeches, and a a lot of the show is just devoted just to that.
0: Yeah, and like the first one, I mean, it was pretty funny. It had some jokes of like, my planet, it's called Melmac. It's also what it's made of, (laughs) which I assumed was a Krypton joke, but then I'm like, I guess it could be about Earth also. (laughs) But, you know, like little jokes that are actually kind of clever. And they really don't shy away from like, like Alf hits the ground running right away. You're like, okay, this is what it's going to be. This guy's obnoxious. He's in everyone's face. (laughs) Well, you know what
1: Melmac was? Melmac was, in the 1950s, was a special uh, plastic that was made for dishes and oh oh yeah melmac everybody had melmac dishes
0: i've never heard of no never oh you
1: didn't Uh, yeah everybody ate their cereal off of melmac it was plastic different colors real thick thick plastic and i presume it was the new the new wave like everybody before that would have had china or breakable dishes well here was things for your kids that they plastic it wouldn't break and it was solid and on the bottom it was uh yeah, Melmac, M A M B L M A C.
0: Yeah, I think by my era, there really weren't brand names to plastic. No, but Possibly. by your
1: era, there was just thin, cheap plastic. It was being produced big time. Yeah. But in the 1950s, Melmac would have been a very specialized uh, plastic, and it was mostly for dishware.
0: Right, um, I mean, there was Tupperware in yeah. my era, but uh, that's the only brand name of yeah, plastic. No.
1: Anyway, there's a little, and I presume that his little Melmac joke was a joke about Melmac, that Melmac plastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is one weird thing about this show is like there's no, like when they first hear the transmission from Alf, it's not in English. So I thought there'd be some explanation, you know, like, but there's nothing. Just he, he hits the ground, he's on Earth, he knows every Earth reference, he knows how everything works on Earth, he knows how to speak English, he knows cultural references, he knows jokes, he knows everything. But, I mean, that was fine, because it's like, yeah, okay, here's the show. Like, again, that first five minutes, you didn't even need. It's just, here's the show. Here's how Alf's going to be. Whereas, yeah, that last episode, I mean, that was extra weird knowing now all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, because the whole thing was just Alf's, uh, some of the survivors of Melmac are finally going to come pick up Alf. And it was literally just 24 minutes of the family literally fighting back tears Mm -hmm. in some cases, because they're so sad to see Alf go. Where at the same time, even in this, this sort of saccharine final episode, they still don't shy away from the fact that Alf is just an asshole. Just plainly an asshole. He's like, hey, uh, kid, remember this kick-me sign that I put on your first day of first grade? I put on your back, and then he puts it on the kid's back again and <laughs> calls him a maroon. Like, Alf's an asshole. So it's extra weird in that final episode. Because I liked that in the show. I liked that Alf was an asshole. But for the final episode, not only is everyone, all oh, the tearful goodbyes to Alf... On and on and on with that, but knowing that everyone in real life was like, "Can we just wrap this up because we're all going to lose our minds, particularly the dead, but everyone kind of so I mean it's extra funny that they just like like uh, I mean it's weird to sort of psychoanalyze this guy, Paul Fusco, who made Alf, because I don't know anything about him really, besides these anecdotes about him, but yeah, just that he's like, Well, if it's going to be the final episode sending Alf off to space, of course, everyone needs to be upset." Of course everyone needs to wish Alf wouldn't leave. When Alf's not on screen, everyone should be saying, Where's Alf? You know, like, Alf, Alf, Alf. And everyone else is like, Fuck Alf. <laughs> I'm so sick of Alf, I could kill myself. <laughs> so, so it was interesting to watch that final one, but uh, not representative of the show. But, but it, as for the first episode that was more like the normal show, I mean, I think for what it was, Alf totally holds up. It's exactly how I remember it, and it's it's the perfect 80s kids sitcom.
1: Yep, I agree. It holds up, definitely holds
0: up. So, uh, should we take a little uh, a little break, and yes. then uh, we'll check out Project Alps? sort of a lame ending but I mean overall that was definitely better than I feared.
1: Yes, it was better than I thought it would be. It was actually quite entertaining. It moved quite quickly.
0: Yeah, it was enough that we we didn't skip. We actually watched it and and, I mean really that's far more than I thought was going to happen. I was sure we were going to start skipping through that. (laughs) And like I was saying too it's like when I read the uh, description I really thought it was going to be cheaper because it's just a TV thing and it was just going to be at the military base which some of that was kind of funny because it's essentially like what if the uh, military captured Rodney Dangerfield and he just zings them (laughs) you know so I'm like all right, that's okay but yeah then they got in a car and they went on a whole little road trip and had a little adventure and the weirdest thing is that as the stakes kept raising and then they meet the guy from Robocop and he's got the gravelly voice and he's so serious and it's basically just a movie with Alf in it (laughs) which is just Kind of amusing and a weird... It's weird, I'll give it that. This thing is definitely weird, which is better than boring.
1: Yeah, it was all right. It was.
0: And those little attempts to uh, kick it up a notch since it's now the uh, the edgy time of 1996 where, you know, there's a lot more drinking and stuff. Oh yeah, Ray Walston was in it, so that's kind of neat because we just watched My Favorite Martian last week. At, uh, yeah, last week. And... I assumed that they put him in because of the connection of a sitcom about a, an alien, but maybe not. They might have just hired him because there was actually like quite a few pretty good actors in this, so oh
1: yes, you had uh there were a lot of like Martin Jean was probably the biggest name there um i I suspect they probably picked Walston because of that right. alien connection that he had on t v
0: That was probably the first thing that kind of got us going on this, is like, oh, well, at the very least, we got to see who he is. And then when he showed up halfway through, we're like, yeah, you know, this isn't the worst. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but then the other thing that uh, was so far... Because I was telling you, too, how uh, the TV show had to keep reeling things back because the audience were all kids, so no more Alf drinking beer, eventually no more Alf eating cats. There was a thing where Alf put a... a a hairdryer in in the bath and electrocutes himself and uh, loses his memory. But they actually had to re-edit that episode because a kid did that and hurt themselves. (laughs) Just like these dumb kids just fucking themselves up because of ALF. So the ALF writers clearly wanted to push things and just couldn't. They had to do the reverse. Where here, now that they're on ABC and it's a movie, they went to a strip club because because Al thought it was uh the kitty cat club he's like oh i can go there and eat a cat <laughs> so so i mean you know they just went to a yeah, strip club there was and, lots
1: of talk about uh little sexual innuendos and drinking and a uh, very adult based and uh, even even the whole military thing was that was not that, that was not intended for little kids that was intended for a, an older audience
0: right so yeah it was weird because it was like the non elf parts—they were sort of entertaining. They were a little bit funny, but mostly serious. And then, yeah, just there's Alf being Alf. An
1: <laughs> and as you mentioned, when we first started watching it, no laugh track.
0: Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's definitely weird. And
1: was that—that that was a real plus for yes. this. They—they—they they, they didn't need a laughing track in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Again, I mean, I guess I uh, can't complain. You know. Yeah,
1: it was a surprise. It was. It was okay.
0: Yeah, because I really was just like, well, if for for the sake of. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we're just doing this for our own entertainment to make this little podcast thing. But I was like, you know, it would be uh, negligent for us to not watch this and find out what happened to Alf. And now we know the military was about to execute Alf and then and they love Alf. <laughs> the ending could use yeah, a little work. the bad out.
1: guy who the big power tripper, Martin Jean, was found out.
0: Right. And the world is saved <laughs> for Alf for all the many ALF projects in the future, which failed to materialize. So uh, yeah, keep at it, uh, Paul Fusco, because the world needs ALF now more than ever. Never, never give up.